We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's Beamaz and Beamer. Now, Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome in. Brian Mazarowski, Joe Beamer here with you on WBEN. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Joe, how's it going? Back together again. Uh, no complaints here, Brian. It's a uh, it's a Tuesday that, you know, the sun's not shining outside, but as always, it is shining here in the WBEN studio. That's yeah, not true. It's not. It's dark. It's moody. It's gloomy. It's ugh. Um, I, I don't care what the spin you want to put on I it. I try to paint a picture for I the I know you listeners. do. You know, for an example, we're sitting here. Uh, there's not much you can say to me anymore, Joe, that makes me go like, Huh? What? Like, you're crazy, because I've heard it all before out of you. <laughs> and you're just talking about, um, you know, we we're talking about uh, tickets to the playoff game and everything else. And you're mentioning, oh, you know, I was asking, we spoke with Nick Giamuso earlier, uh, what he's seeing about tickets for the game tomorrow night, because uh, I'm going. I was like, I, Joe, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I know the Sabres play tonight, yep. and they play Thursday. I'm like, what game tomorrow night? And you go, oh, Virginia Tech, Syracuse. I'm like, all right, again. Like, I have no idea. That means nothing to me. Basketball. Okay. You're going, and you say it so matter-of-factly. Like, yeah, I'm just going on a Wednesday night, driving three hours to Syracuse, and then driving back, and then coming to work Thursday morning. Yeah. You'll get back here when? I mean, it's a 7 o'clock game, two-hour drive, so be back here by 11, It's longer than a two-hour drive to Syracuse. Yeah, so I'll be back here on 1130 midnight, you know, get a few hours of sleep, come to work, and then get an afternoon nap. And you say it like that's nothing. That's but you, you've just... known me long enough. I, I, I didn't think you'd be surprised by that. I Yeah, I, neither would I, but I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm still surprised. I don't know. Looking I'm forward to it. It's, it's the closest that Tech basketball plays to Buffalo this year, so... Take yeah. it, take it when you can get it. I would not be going. Well, I know. I would have asked you if I thought you would be going. <laughs> no, I know. Um, you know, some Dolphins fans who live in the area of New York State, and I was trying to uh, guilt them. I was saying, you know, you can't if you have a playoff game within driving distance and you don't go. I think you have to turn in your jerseys. Like you can't be considered fans anymore. Yes. I was joking, of course. Oh. Like I wouldn't expect anybody to drive like three hours to Buffalo to For a see a playoff game. 
yeah, to see the Dolphins just get smoked by the Bills with whoever's going to play quarterback for them. Well, a few years ago, if I lived in Jacksonville as a Bills fan in a seven seed, I would I would have driven across the state. For the first Bills playoff game in 17 years, yes. That's, I know a lot of that's people a, made the a, trip you're down right. to that's Florida. A, that's a different... A little bit of a different uh, But I think there. there are some fans who, okay, they're in the general... They're in this time zone. I'm going to drive and go see them. We need to... Um, like recalibrate. I thought this happened this year, but like recalibrate expectations with how much uh, you're going to pay. Because I, I mean, I, I won't call out where I'm reading this. Or by the you way, know, you've been calling this all season. Any, you've been saying this all season. Yeah. I the sentence that's not a sentence. <laughs> I'm just reading this from a local news article. I want. I just my future life. I'm just going to be a proofreader and editor. Joe, that's all I want to do. I just sit behind a desk somewhere and just fix typos. Anyone who wants to go to the game will likely cost you a pretty penny. I mean, that's not a sentence. But regardless of all that, um, the sentiment is that it's going to be very expensive to go to this playoff game. It's not. No. Um, you, You know, comparing to games this year, compared to other playoff games... In the NFL, it is not expensive to no. go. Um, you know, they're saying in, in italics, at least $160 um, for, you know, tickets in the 300 uh, I'm seeing tickets anywhere. I know people who paid $100 to go to the game. I know people who paid fees included. Uh, right now I'm looking at you can buy $140, uh, anywhere from $140 to $170, the get-in price to go to this game. At the end of the day, and yeah, I mean, listen, that's it's a lot of money, but for a ticket to an NFL playoff game, it is not a lot of money. A comparable ticket in Cincinnati for this weekend, you know, again, same round. They're playing prime time, uh, by the way, uh, which I, I don't think helps things. A Sunday night where you have to think about work the next day. Um, they're going for a hundred dollars more than what wow. we're uh, paying for it. They're looking at like two forty, two fifty to get into that stadium. A hundred sixty dollars not a lot, especially when you consider earlier this year you couldn't get into the stadium for under three hundred dollars for some of the games. The home opener, the home opener against the home Titans. opener, the Pittsburgh game, the Green Bay game, uh, the warm games. Yeah, but no, <laughs> that's what I was saying all year long is. These are the games people are paying a lot of money. When the weather turns, people are not going to want to go. And it's un- it, believe me, it is understandable. However, it is, in my opinion, crazy that people would pay, as you said, Brian, two fifty, three hundred to sit all the way up in the three hundreds for the home opener or for the Pittsburgh game. All right, home opener against the Titans, uh, the game against the Steelers. But they're not going to, you know, the one sixty a little too much to see a playoff game. I, Take the opponent out of it. No, there's a lot of factors in there, too, that you don't think. Nick Giamuso brought them up. Um, You know, one is scheduling. You know, these games in the regular season, you have months and months of planning. You can plan a trip if you want to. You know exactly what's going to happen. You know, you can plan for it so uh, more people are going to be able to go instead of just on a week's notice. This is the time, the day and place, and uh, who we're playing. There's the opponent. Obviously, plays a factor in that when you're talking about Pittsburgh. They have a lot of fans who travel up. It's not a long drive. It's You're about to drive basically to New York's Pittsburgh um, coming up in just a couple days. It's like the same drive going to Syracuse as it is to Pittsburgh. It's an hour, it's an hour shorter. 
Is it? Yeah, and you can stay on the same road. It's like, they're both like three-ish hours. Pittsburgh's three and a half. Syracuse, you can do in two and a half. But, with or without tickets? Without tickets? I'm not getting any tickets. <laughs> I just paid a ticket last week. Um, but, you know, another thing is, I think, Brian... But in Green Bay, you know, Green Bay has fans everywhere. They're buying tickets to games all across the country. So that's yes. another reason why that game would have cost a lot more to get in. But another thing is, I think a lot of people in Buffalo have this mindset, uh, I'm saving up for the divisional round. You know, oh, they'll get through the wild card. I think we've gotten this mindset now. Like, well, wild card, okay, that's a breeze. We're looking for. I think a lot of people are looking forward to the divisional round. I think you'll see tickets jump up after this week. Again, if they beat Miami. I'm not trying to be Mr. Negative, but they still have to play the game. I think there's some of that, too. You know, even those compared to around the league are cheap. It's just, it's a recalibration of, you know, cheap in what sense? In the sense of is... $150 $150 cheap for anything. No. No. <laughs> but is it cheap, you know, in quotation marks, for uh, an NFL playoff game? Yes. You look around the league? Yeah. Yes. Uh, it is. Uh, so, you know, as much as we're paying and as much of a shock it is for us, like these ticket prices, to see them this year, as opposed to, you know, the last 20 here in Buffalo, it is not right. Uh around the league it's it's not bad by comparison i'd be i'd be surprised how it compares to if the bills play the chiefs at a neutral site in the afc championship how the tickets this week can compare yeah, it depends on where it is site. right exactly depends on where exactly. it is uh, who can go but anyways um yeah, i was just looking at that this morning joe was setting me off with his drive he's gonna take- I, didn't, I i thought you'd be like yeah okay so tech is in syracuse of course joe's going no why i Anything in Syracuse on a weeknight, I would not say, of course Joe's going. Okay. I cannot I th- wait until you have a kid. <laughs> I cannot wait until you have a kid. Uh, and speaking of, so I uh, this came up a little bit last week because, uh, you know, because of the obvious, right? So DeMar Hamlin goes down on the field in the game, and, you know, naturally the stories of, or the conversation, I should say, of is football too violent of a sport uh, come up again. And I I wanted to dismiss it a little bit because to me there's just a there's a difference. And in speaking to the doctors who we have throughout the week in just kind of learning about the situation, it, it seems so much like a freak accident. You know, more so than, you know, something brought on by football itself that I mean obviously it happened while playing football you know if he wasn't on a football field he might not have if this was the cause of it might not have taken that hit to the chest of course but just if it happened a millisecond before or after there might not have been a problem like this idea that it's a freak accident kind of prevented me from going into the you know is football too violent type of thing because I, I didn't want to put this instance on that conversation because I don't think it applies. I, there's a lot with head injuries that I think you can say about football being a, a very violent sport and is it worth it. I, I didn't want to put this with it. However, the, the conversation's still going. And then I saw in the New York Post this morning, they had, you know, kind of a, a good split sides uh, talking with parents, you know, mother versus father. I want my kids playing football. I don't want my kids playing football. I'm fine with it. I have concerns. I, I don't want to. And I'm wondering how that conversation is playing out 
across sports, across activities, across Western New York. 8030930 to join us here on WBEN, 8030930. What goes into, if anything, making that decision of what you would or wouldn't let your kids do in terms of sports or other activities? And how concerned are you if your kid plays football, if they play another sport, uh, about some of these injuries? 8030930. Uh, Joe, I, I don't know if we've uh, ever really talked about this on this show before when it comes to, you know, violence and sports and, you know, what you would or wouldn't allow your kids to do. I, I have kind of come down on, and this is from maybe like a decade ago, when the concussion stuff first started to really come out, and it became clear how, especially in, you know, I played Little League football, and I played on the line because I was a bigger kid. Uh, not so much now, but when I was, you know, in uh, youth football. And just how, like, being on, like, the offensive or defensive line, kind of slamming into each other, and the toll that those, you know, repeated knocks can kind of take on your brain. When you started to learn that information about 10 years ago, I definitely started to, I I went from, what's the big deal? I played football. To going, well, why do you need to, under a certain age, play tackle football? And I kind of came under the uh, mindset now that, for my kids at least, until high school, you can play football. I just don't think it's necessary to play full padded, full contact, tackle football in the way you traditionally have until you're a little bit older. And once you grow up a little bit, like I said, you get into high school, you can start to do what you want. You can start to make your own decisions a little bit more. Until then, and again, this switch for me like a decade ago, I I don't see the real benefit. I don't know. Have you thought about this at all? Yeah, I uh, I also played football. Uh, I was awful. Uh, played one season and um, didn't go back. But, you know, again, I, I think football, obviously, you have, if you're on the offensive-defensive line, every play, you're, you're blocking. Uh, but, you know, in any sport, Brian, um, we see it in lacrosse, we see it in hockey, concussions happen, right? Injuries to the head happen. Um, I have not thought much about it and probably wouldn't until my child is in that age range of starting to think about football. However, I mean, I I can't say what you're saying is wrong because you could still teach the fundamentals of football at a young age without the pads and um, the the contact, the full contact up until eighth grade high school. Um, But again, I have not 100% said one way or the other. But I kind of I kind of see where you're coming from. Of do we need the contact, you know, in pee wee football, or can we teach fundamentals without the contact? But again, it's something that I think, as my child gets closer to that age, I would evaluate if they were showing interest in football. I love football. I I didn't like playing it as much, but I love watching. it. I'm a huge fan. And if, if my son wanted to get into football, of course I I would I would you know make sure I came back and revisited this at that time. I uh, I don't even think it's really contact. And the decision, by the way, is not just about safety. 8030930, you know, when I was growing up, there was one sport I wanted to play and one sport that I, I wasn't allowed to play growing up. And that was hockey, ice hockey. 
Yeah, nothing to do with breaking bones or ramming your head against a glass. It was expensive. It still is extremely expensive. I couldn't play it. it. It was too much money to be able to go out there and play hockey. That's a factor, too. I, I mean, like, and that is as much of a detriment to hockey as this conversation is to football at the end of the day and, like, in the grand scheme of things because at, you're trying to get more people to come out to your sport and you have this serious barrier. And for hockey, it is the price. It is the price. It is the price. It is the odd hours and insane commitment from parents It once you reach – kind of uh, anything past just skating around out there. Um, And for football, slowly but surely, it is becoming this violent aspect. And I'm always troubled with what word to really use for, you know, all of this. Because I, I don't think violent is necessarily the right word. I don't think contact is the right word to use to describe. I... You can have contact. You can have collision. You can have, you know, these things that are in the sports that I think are good to, you know, have in youth sports. I think it's good to have a little bit of contact. I think it's good to, uh, you know, get rough, you know, to kind of uh, get in there and learn how to compete. But there is a clear difference um, especially when you're talking about football and maybe when you're talking about some of these other sports, of what is unnecessary to have in youth sports. And I, this is where it kind of differs from and why I didn't really want to talk about this last week, you know, right in the wake of Damar Hamlin because that is kind of like this freak injury and it, I don't think it should be, from everything we know, it shouldn't be the fear. Right. I mean, it will be the fear of some parents, but that, that shouldn't be the fear, this you know insane chance that something like this is going to happen. You know, to me, it's more about this you know, ramming of that. Can you have football at a young age without six guys on each side ramming their head into each other on every snap? I I think you can. You absolutely can. And I've heard this argument before, more so when it relates to hockey, because hockey is a similar thing. And for parents, you can kind of let me know exactly what is and isn't allowed at what age when you're talking about youth hockey. But, you know, when to allow contact and checking in hockey. And I've heard the argument both ways as they keep raising the age of contact in ice hockey that, well, you have to, at some point, be able to teach kids how to safely deliver a check and how to safely react to being hit, how to fall down, you know, the right way. I talk about that all the time. I'm, I'm really good at falling down when I play. <laughs> I, I'm good at losing my balance, tuck your chin, spread out the arms, like a pro wrestler hitting the mat and, and you know, trying to avoid anything uh, crazy from happening. But I, I've heard it made both ways where there is some sort of inflection point that where you have to make a decision that, hey, this is how the sport is played a- at its higher level. Right. And you do have to teach some of this contact at some point 
to prep kids so that when they get to that level, they're not going crazy. They're not, you know, doing some unnecessary hit that's going to cause way too much harm to themselves or others, or, or they're not going to uh, react to a hit in a way that's going to harm them a little bit more. And I, I think it's a tough decision uh, of where to see this. And, and on the text board, I see the DeMar Hamlin injury is the exception. And I, I totally agree. Yes. It's why, why I didn't bring this up last week. But it is kind of raising this idea and, and this question in parents' heads of, what do you do? How do you tackle the situation? Yeah, it seems every time, you know, and if you look at the Post uh, article, they mentioned DeMar Hamlin. They also mentioned all the scary stuff with Tua this year, uh, Brian, as that was, that's been a big uh, football story as well. What do you think? 803-0930, star 930. Uh, that's the number to call in. You can also text the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. Talking football wins the uh Right age, and is there a way, which I think there is, I think Brian's right, is there a way uh, to, at a younger level, have football without the, you know, as six guys on the line um, cramming head-to-head every uh, every play? 803-0930, star 930. Back after this, Beamaz and Beamer on WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's Beamaz and Beamer. Now, Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. So we are back here. Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer with you on WBEN. And, uh, you know, we're talking about this uh, debate that you know some households are having. Whether or not you want your kids to play football. Because of safety. And I, I, I would extend that to 8030930. I would extend that out to just what's the decision like, period, when it comes to what your kids are and aren't allowed to do in terms of sports and other activities. I Is safety as much of a factor as cost? I think cost is still the number one factor. I think you're right. I, I mean, that's that is the... Number one thing, I my son is you know he's only three, but 
he loves playing hockey with the mini sticks, and we're all just kind of like, man, I hope he never has to play hockey. <laughs> you know, but like that's it's just it's the cost of everything, the equipment more so than any you know sort of safety. Or, or anything that, uh, you know, really would play into that. Equipment, you got to chip in, as you mentioned, for ice time. That's why practice is so early, so they can get the cheapest ice time yeah. at the local rink. It's, uh, you, you know, the the money commitment, the time commitment, like that, it is amazing anybody plays that sport, honestly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but when it comes to football, and I am 100% the person who is going to say that we generally coddle our kids a little too much. Yeah. I, I am I am that person. I, I like we need a degree of independence. You need a degree of just kind of getting out there. Um, you know, I'm I'm not the per when our kid falls down um <laughs> and starts to cry, I'm not rushing to pick him up. I you know, it might make me look bad to some. Others, they they do the same thing, but you know, learn to pick yourself up, scrape off your knees, you know, do that kind of stuff. That is generally how I go by. Yeah. However, when it comes to this question of playing football, playing fully padded, full contact football, I I think it is wrong to just go in and say you know, full-heartedly, you know, yeah, sure, like to take that same attitude, like, yeah, just go out there, tough it out, when you have information available to you now that wasn't there even 15 years ago, by the way, that like, hey, hang on a second, especially at a young age, and, you know, when you do this over and over and over again, like this constant boom, 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 boom of the head, no matter how good the helmets have gotten, I, there's this concussion risk, and it kind of can build on itself and harm the brain over a period of time that, you know, it might be best to hold off until you reach a certain age. It's not to say that you can never play contact football ever. Right. But is it really necessary to do that? Are, is Does the benefit outweigh the risk when you're talking ages – Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years old. And like you said, they take the contact out of other sports until you're older, right? Hockey, you got the big stop sign on the back of your jersey. There's no contact in hockey until a certain age. So why not with football as well? And someone texted in, you can't teach the fundamentals without full contact. Could someone call and explain that to me? I mean, you can't, you can't hey, this is the proper way to block without full contact, full going at it at a young age. I just feel like that's been debunked a little bit, right? Like when, well, when you just, say Tom Brady didn't play tackle football until he was in high school. Yeah. The greatest football player of all time. Allegedly. He didn't play until high school, you know. So, like, how can you say you can't possibly, you know, uh, learn anything or enjoy the sport without full contact? And I'm not even, like, tackle football. Like, even that is fine. Like, that can be done. Does it need to be, you know, it doesn't need to be flag football. If you're running down the field, you catch the ball, you're running down the field. I mean, why can't you be tackled? I just don't think you need a full offensive and defensive line going at each other in full pads ramming heads at a young age when you're seven years old right like that 
is probably where right. the benefit doesn't necessarily outweigh the risk because you can get all the things that are important, working as a team, uh, physical activity, you know, going tackling. out there, being competitive, even tackling. I, I really think it doesn't have to be flag football without that, you know, one aspect of this. And, and we're not, you know, some people, it's not just football. Football is the, as Brian says, where every play you've got people on the line go. But yes, concussions happen in almost every sport, right? I mean, even baseball. Just ask Jay Happ. Uh, concussions happen in every sport. Yeah, and it, it does bring up an interesting point. I think uh, Mark uh, wants to touch on that. Mark, you're on WBEN. How's it going this morning? Good, guys. Um, what a lot of people never talk about is uh, the little kids that go into dancing and gymnastics. I have uh, several friends that have had their kids do that and develop injuries because, again, those kids are, unlike football, you don't usually start football at like four or five years old. But a lot of my friends' kids started gymnastics and dance at that age. And then after puberty, they started developing some joint injuries and that. Yeah, Mark, I, I, I think that you bring up a point where no activity, no sport is without risks, right? The question right. I think here is when you're talking about youth sports and, and you ask, can it be done in a way where you're still keeping, you know, the general spirit of the game and the activity and minimizing risk a little bit. And let's take a look at, you know, Dan, I'm not a dancer, Mark. I don't, I couldn't really tell you one way or the other. I'm assuming, you know, you're not going to do a double backflip at age uh, four, but what do I know? But I'll take like baseball or something that we all played when we were little. Like generally, it's the same sport. Sure, there's a risk of injury in baseball. I saw plenty of kids get injured, uh, you know, when I was playing Little League. But there's really, I mean, what are you going to do? That, that is the sport. I feel like with football, it's, it becomes a little bit different. Hockey, these contact sports, it, that it's a little bit different because you can look at it and say, there is a way to do this at a younger age where you're getting the benefit, but you're not taking on the full risk yet. Again, I'm just—I'm concerned they never bring up the so-called non-violent sports, and with the gymnastics and the dancing, it's—it's it's a repetitive motion issue, I think, that never gets addressed. And I agree with you. You have to, no matter what the sport is, you have to try to minimize all injuries at that. So. Hey, Mark, thanks for the call. Um, yeah. You know, it's—it's it's a balancing act on everything, and. It, Part of this is, I think, where Mark's point, um, you know, is very valid is because not a lot of people talk about it. You know, what's the likelihood of if there are any changes to be made in those sports that are more niche? You know, what's the likelihood of them actually happening if they don't receive the attention that a football does or right. a hockey does? Yeah. Nationally? Probably not that much, right? Um, but... For these other sports, I, I think it is also a parent's responsibility. You want to empower your kids, but you also want to um, – I'm trying to think of the, the best way to put this. Kids can be very smart. I'll say this all the time. We say this every day about my son. I was a like, smart wow. kid, and I'm a dumb adult. Wow. But I <laughs> go, Wow. You know, why he's pretty smart. Like, I can't believe he put that together. Like, did you hear what he just said? I can't believe he's picking up on things. He's really smart for a three-year-old. 
right in general kids are stupid <laughs> jeez <laughs> but you know compared to a 27 year old adult yes. that's how it should be yeah <laughs> that's how it should be you have 20 years more experience than a 7 year old you should be smarter they don't know as much you want to empower your kids to make choices but of course you know a kid at 7 is going to say I want to go out there and I want to dress just like Josh Allen of course. and I want to play the same sport Right, and I, I want to do that exact same thing, uh, but they don't understand the risk, and it, it's much easier, I think, for me to say to my kid when they're in high school or when they have a greater understanding or where they're able to, on some level, make an informed decision that hey, you can make that decision for yourself. When you're seven, eight years old, I that doesn't exist yet in right. your head. When you're a seven, eight year old kid, you're not thinking of, hmm, well, you know, there is a possibility for, you know, a long term, you know, effect of if I get several concussions. No, you're thinking, I want to play like Josh Allen. Yeah. I want to be cool. Uh, I just saw this on TV. I want to be playing the same way. That's exactly how I would have felt yeah. when I was seven. That's so exactly I think, how I did feel. And then I started playing. I go, I'm not as good as them on TV. I'm going to find another sport to play. There's a place where parents. <laughs> We'll say hands off, but there's also part of the role of parenting is to help guide those decisions right. as best you can with the, as minimal interference. I think this is one of those times where you look at it and say, okay, I understand, but is there a better way to do this where you're not taking the risk? You can't weigh all the pros and cons. I'm going to help you do that a little bit. I don't think that's a ridiculous question to ask because I do think on top of all this, we're talking about the injuries, obviously, but on top of all this, Brian, you want kids to be active in sports, right? You want your kid to be uh, doing something that's physical and something that is, you know, not just them sitting at home. Uh, you want them playing a sport. I think there is a way, as you're saying, to to play football at a young age, like seven or eight, without the added risk. Yeah, I, right. That's, because every, you want your kid playing a sport. Everyone look, looks at it as black and white. Like if you say this about football, then you are like anti playing sports right. or anti youth sports, and that's I'm, not the case. And at I'm all. not even anti football. I there's, love football. Yeah, there's. Yeah, I, I, I talked about it yesterday. I got ticked when I saw the uh, Washington Post: America's addiction to football. Like I, I get ticked at stuff like that. There is a middle ground. It seems like we always want to. Uh, there is a middle ground, especially when we're talking about kids who are seven, eight years old. Yeah. My good friend is a high school football coach, and he has trouble getting kids out to get football. And I hope he gets as many kids as possible right. to go play on his team. I think it's a great thing. When you start to lower that age a little bit, you know, what's the way to ease him in there? And not just go full right. blast, balls to the wall all at once. Julie, how's it going this morning? You're on WBEN. Hi, it's going great, and you are right in my wheelhouse with this discussion. Um, I'm old. My kids are grown now, but we went through exactly what you're going through. And I was also a high school cheerleader back in the days when things were starting to go to the big pyramids and stuff. So I learned a lot of that. And my daughter especially did dance and soccer and played soccer through college. We had the soccer injuries and things, but I was one of those moms, I don't want to do all this stuff. I don't want to be consumed by all these activities, and it kind of seeps into your life. Um, We had a lot of things going on, but what 
I think one thing we did right, and, and you have to realize that it's not all about you, although we all think it is, and, and every parent thinks their kid is going to be um, Beckham or something when they're 12, and then you realize when they're 14, oh, maybe not, <laughs> depending on the kid. Um, I also work in a pediatric practice where we see a lot of um, sports injuries that come in after they've been to the hospital or whatever, lots of broken noses and things. And I can tell you it runs in streaks. Like this year was a bad baseball year with uh, nasal and occipital fractures. And my thought was, because I played softball for a while, they weren't taught how to put the, the glove in front of your face to catch the ball instead of have your face catch the ball. That's interesting. You know, you got to go somewhere where they're going to teach the fundamentals. But what we did with our kids, and I think it worked out well, and each kid has their own personality, what they're going to like, what they don't like. Um, at the time, um, which was like 25 years ago, the YMCA had fabulous five-week programs just to try out sports at a level appropriate for a five-year-old. Now, I know there's like peewee soccer and other stuff, too. Um, and we tried out a few different sports for the kids. And we knew my daughter loved soccer when she was beating the boys with stuff at, at six or seven. And then um, we got her into a spring town league, and she's running off the field after they had lost 14 to nothing. Who won? She just had so much fun out there. She didn't care. <laughs> and... My son tried a few different things, but um, he he didn't want he liked everything. He didn't want to be consumed by stuff. He's a different animal. The um, that one's a chemical engineer now, but he played travel soccer. He was varsity soccer. He played um, lacrosse, baseball. Um, he also was a high level musician. Uh, both of them were. Both kids were. So we we were pretty busy. I had to color code our calendars. And uh, <laughs> and uh he would um it, the only thing I said no to him for was he did ask to play hockey. And that was because I knew how expensive the skates were and I was afraid of the equipment costs, but my friends who were into it um but I know, you know, and getting up for 6 a.m., I yeah. wasn't going to work for it's, us. It's a lot. And there's other, you know, there's other things that go into this. programs, they have things where kids who outgrow stuff, they trade off, so it really isn't as bad. But when your kid picks something, they're going to fall in love with it, and that's what they want to do. And, but you, you know, want to go before... where they're going to be trained properly, because as a cheerleader, we were trained properly not to, how to and my daughter who did dance, we were in two different schools. We switched one. Because right. They were Julie, training I'm sorry to interrupt you, but before we let you go, what, what age do you kind of look at your kids and say, you can, you know, whatever you decide, you know, whatever, go and do it without any interference from you? Well, it's, uh, it depends on your finances. It depends on your lifestyle and situation. At that time, we had, um, we chose for me to be home with the kids. I think that affords a lot more of a flexibility. Um, the um, I went back to work when my son was eight. The um, it it depends on your family situation, and it depends on your kid. Uh, they might have their like my daughter wanted to do dance. I wanted to hold off on anything until later. But we were looking around, and we found this wonderful. 
it, you know, we tried out a school and she had four friends that were already there. And she's like, yep, I want to be here. Yeah. And that worked out well for a while. Yeah, and I, I like your point, too, Julie, and thank you uh, for the call. I, I like your point, you know, that it's probably different by kid, right? I mean, you know, kid to kid, it's going to be a different decision, different discussion, right? Yeah, for sure. Some I, uh, kids are more mature than others. That's that's, but, but, some adults are more mature than others, too. And, 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 you know, some of these decisions don't necessarily key in right. on that. Though. The football thing is different. You know, when you're talking about that safety, I think it is different than every other sport. And it's not a, you know, if a parent is concerned about, there's different levels of concern, right? There's rational and there's irrational concerns. And... You know, I would say that anybody watching what happened last Monday night, and I understand the concern, but if you kind of pay attention to what doctors are saying and, and look at what's happened, I I do think it is a little bit of an irrational concern. Yes. Um, you, you know, that it was a freak injury. If you are concerned about the head injury stuff with football, I don't think that's an irrational concern. And I think we're learning more and more about that. Every single year. And it's not a it's not to say that you want to hold off on football until high school age or, or something like that, or that you don't want your, you know, seven or eight year old going playing full contact football. I don't think that is like part of this culture of like never ending precautions. Um, you know, especially in the face of eventual exposure. I think it's just kind of a reasonable step to slide into this thing. I don't think football is one of these things that need to be full on all at once. From you know, day one. Yeah, the full sport and everything. I And it's not, you know, let's not pretend like it is. I remember playing Little League football when I was a kid. You know what our plays were? <laughs> you run up the middle or you run to the side or, you know, maybe a little pass up the middle. Like, you know, like, let's not pretend that we're running, you know, this crazy, uh, uh, complex sport and we're teaching all the ins and outs. You're trying to teach fundamentals. You're trying to teach, you know, blocking without holding the guy's jersey. I, it can be done without going full bore. Right. I, and I think it's just a, a perfect way to, uh, to attack it, Brian. Not one of these things that's all or nothing, which is where the debate usually goes, right? I mean, you read the articles, you look at it online. It's always an all or nothing approach. Again, it doesn't have to be that way. There can always be a middle ground. And I, I think, Brian, you've convinced me. Uh, I, I think after this hour that, yeah, you know what? We can still play football at a, at a young age, but do it wisely and, you know, ease into, into, uh, into full contact, everything football. I think it's a, a perfect way to put it. Um, ticket prices, which is where we started. Yes. I, you know, I am still tempted. I look at this and I am still tempted to, you know, just pull the trigger and go into the game. There is something I've really liked, Joe, about watching these playoff games, not being there. I don't know. I, but I would like to, I, I, I go back and forth. I go yeah. back and forth. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always said there are pros to watching the game on TV, and there are pros to being at the game, and I would be lying if I didn't say at one point before the game was announced, I was thinking, hmm, do I go to that wild card game? But the reason of getting season tickets was to go to the playoffs. Yeah. 
Um, it's def- it's a different experience. It's right when you're at home. I can say like I know everything that's going on. Yes, I like I know everything that's going on. I always used to laugh like post game shows. You'd be like, "Well, I was at the game, so I know." Like, "Oh, you were at the games? So you know way less than yeah. what I did." It's so true. I'm watching it on TV. It's so true. But then you're at the game, and it's more of just a that's awesome. Like the atmosphere. I don't yeah. need to tell anybody who was you know watching that what happened on Sunday or was at the game on Sunday. That a- you know that's something you don't get. From in the seat on your couch. It's an amazing feeling, Brian. I've been to a lot of games at that stadium. I'm sure the games during those Super Bowl runs that they were loud, but that uh, that Heinz touchdown uh, to to start the game, I've never heard that building that loud for that long. I mean, it it just continued, and it was it it, uh, it was a, an amazing feeling, and really uh, what everyone needed. You know what I mean? With all the positive news that we continue to get. Can't wait to be back here tomorrow, Joe. Yes, another gloomy day outside, but the sun is shining here on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.